Welcome to Philosophy Club, where lifelong friends discuss life's questions. <laughs> All right, so if we're talking AI-generated is it good? Could it be good? Um, well, I, I don't think the question is, can it be good? It's, is that different? Is that, is the purpose of art to share something human or is it just to make mm. a clinical calculation that connects with humans? Good question. Is there, is there a purpose to art? I mean, I guess, so probably in the art appreciator and the art creator are going to have different opinions about that. Right. So like, I, uh, it, it, in a lot of artists here, you'll hear say things like, um, you know, they make art because like they have to, they've got something that they need to express and it's not necessarily because they want people to see it. Like, or like there's plenty of people who like, I guess, even whether they wanted people to see their art, people didn't like Van Gogh lived his whole life without seeing any success. And then, you know, obviously he's super famous now, but, um, but yes, yeah, because like they have this like drive to, to create, um, whereas like me as an audience, and someone who doesn't make art, um, I'm there to to be moved by art or entertained, um, or both, ideally, I guess. And um, it's I get maybe it's just easier to be moved if I feel like the message is coming from a human person. It's harder to imagine that I could be easily moved by something that was not being communicated from a another person um so do you have any intuition as to why that's the case because it sounds like then you are approaching art as a means to see inside the head of another person rather yeah. than just this this experiential being entertained being moved that's like if, if i could give you a drug that simulated your brain in the same way as a moving composition you know the most beautiful piano song you've ever heard in pill form that seems Actually, that might be awesome. I don't know. It does seem like it would be awesome. Um, <laughs> like it's something I would definitely try. Uh, <laughs> like cinnamon toast crunch and Mozart for breakfast. Like that's awesome. Um, you might just be describing psychedelics to a certain extent there. Um, but uh, yeah, like I would. That's something I would be interested to try. I don't know if I would like something about it feels a little cheap though, or like um, like it's cheating. <laughs> yeah, so um, I don't know. What is it about there being the idea that it's like one human person communicating something about the human experience to another human person? Or it, you know, it's in in the case of movies and bands, there's multiple people, but it's, it's yeah communicating to human. Yeah, and I guess part of it is that like we maybe what part of what's so appealing about art is that we like as people are like you as an individual you're locked into your own head your own perspective always I mean, there's no escaping that um and we communicate through words all the time um and then but there are certain things which it does seem like language at least like straight ahead the everyday language can't quite capture in its fullness like there are certain like an essence to life and the actual like the actual lived experience of life that words fail to translate most of the time, at least in a regular conversation. Um, and then the art, I think, tries to get to that ineffable 
thing and get it across, like, I guess, around words, around language. And so maybe that's why the idea of AI art is less interesting or seems less compelling because it's not translating this like world experience. It's not like struggling to get its perspective into your head. Um, like that's what, that's what a movie feels like. It feels like, like you're getting this, like, sh there's like a, like the human experience or whatever we can say is universal or, or whatever, but it's also infinitely particular. Um, and so what art does is it takes, it tries, I feel like it tries to communicate the particular particularness or particularity of a particular, of a person's perspective and share that with, at least when it comes to like a lot of the movies, I feel like that movie, they seem deeply personal. What about the perspective that in, a, in the cases of a lot of fiction, it's almost as if the author is just making up a different story that, you know, always the author is present in whatever story they tell. Yeah. It seems like in stories of fiction, I don't know, could someone else have written Harry Potter and it would have been equally as compelling? Seems entirely probable to me. Maybe. Um, but Harry Potter would have been different if someone else wrote it. Like, just the same way, like, Shakespeare's been performed, you know, thousands of times by a hundred different actors. Um, each one, I probably brings... I mean, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know that I've seen a variety of... I guess I've seen a few different adaptations of maybe the same... The same play can be performed by different people, and even though the broad strokes are the same, something slightly different is conveyed, I think, each time. Like, I've... I've we're seeing some interview, I think with like Ethan Hawke or something about playing Hamlet. He was like, you know, there's a lot of different ways you can play Hamlet. In part, that's just the way it's written. He's written. He's like just vague enough of a character that you can play him as like straight ahead, out for revenge, or like and kind of depressed, I guess. Or he could be a little bit like insane um, and like losing his mind, or he could be, you know, but and that's obviously changed the actual the structure of the story. But I feel like there's probably nuances to her a performance that could change from person to person. So do you think that it is impossible for any sort of that nuance or perspective to come from an AI? No, I don't. I think, I think AI probably could replicate it. Um, and I think as an audience member, if I knew, if, if, I, if I didn't know and I was shown some movie, I, I'm very easy to believe, very easily believe that I could be moved by AI art. Um, I think what, what the question becomes interesting is like if, like you were watching this symphony that was written by AI or piano recital or something where people were moved by it until they knew that it was written by AI and then they preferred uh, after the fact when they knew they preferred. I don't actually know if they, if they changed their opinion, but it's okay. entirely plausible. We, we can, yeah, they may have. Um, I think it's one of those things. It's kind of like if you, like, uh, now when you go back, you couldn't go back now and watch the Cosby Show and feel the same way. If you never knew about it, that's exactly what I was going to bring. The Cosby Show, and you could have, you could think, "Wow, what a fun, wholesome, what a great dad, <laughs> what a fun, wholesome show this is." Um, now you couldn't do that. Like it's, it would be in your head and you could try and like watch around it. Um, and like, this may be a separate issue because apparently he's just beaten all the charges, but I don't know 
if it's like an OJ beat the charges situation or if he like genuinely beat the charges. But Kevin Spacey, um, like I, he, you can go back and watch. He's got a lot of great movies. And going back and watching them now that you know what's been said about him is like you can kind of just sort of put it away while you watch the movie, but it's also kind of just like it does impact your viewing. And I feel like AI would be similar. Like knowing that it was written by an AI, could you still enjoy the movie and probably be by it? Yes, but is it going to impact your viewing? I think yes. I could buy that. And I'll also just say that I have such complicated feelings about the separation of the goodness of an artist from the goodness of their work. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I totally agree with you. Watching House of Cards now is hard, but I guess we are recording, so fuck me. Listening to Kanye West <laughs> still flaps. Yeah, it does. I just I'm listened so... to <laughs> just listening to Watch the Throne yesterday. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, I was just like, well, this is Jay Z and Kanye West, so that's better. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but like, or <laughs> um, you think there's something to the idea that it's like auditory versus visual? Like, I'm not seeing Kanye West. Kind of. Um, there is. In, I can't remember which song it was, but at least when I was listening to Watch the Throne yesterday, there is like a repeated chorus in one of the songs um, where Kanye says it's something like the Holocaust, millions of our people lost. And um, and I was just like, wow, that's a, there's a whole new light on that, that line. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I don't know if it's different because it's visual versus... Like because we're such visual creatures that like that when you see a person in a movie, it's harder not to think about that person outside of the movie and the things that they've done. Um, versus just hearing like, yeah, the music someone's made. Maybe it may just be easier for us to, to pretend or just to distract from that. Um, and also, like I will say, I, when I'm listening to Kanye. Not to be like that guy about it, but I'm listening to like you know, you know older Kanye's West stuff. Before I knew that about Kanye, although there was the same argument we're making about, I guess Kevin Spacey and Bill Cosby. Um, but I guess the idea is that like I don't think Kanye was making anti-Semitic remarks, at least not that I know of. Um, back when he was making, oh, let's drop out and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I'm like maybe Kanye just wasn't bad back then. That wasn't bad Kanye, um, like he is now, uh, or maybe he always has been. I don't know. Whereas like it does seem like with Bill Cobb, like oh this was happening all, um, and so it's like you watch that and like yeah, this guy didn't like grow up to be a bad guy. He was a bad guy behind the scenes even then. Maybe. So how do you think but that may just be me justifying it to myself? Yeah. <laughs> I, I have self-justified Kanye West, Terry Potter. Like I'm in, I'm in the bag. Yeah. If I like art, I'm going to consume art. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, part of it is, um, when it comes to like, and I don't know the way residuals work. Apparently they don't work very well, according to the writers and actors tried. Um, say, but I don't really know the way residuals work very well. But like for me, like I'm a I'm mostly a vegetarian, um, pescatarian, I guess. And with that, the main reasoning is that like I don't want my dollars to go towards supporting an industry that mistreats animals. Okay. Well um so but then but then I do still eat meat if it's like waste. Um, like when I was working with Domino's, if, if we had a pepperoni pizza that was canceled or something, I'll still eat that. Um, because then my dollars aren't supporting the industry that harm this harms animals. Um, well, harms animals. Uh, and, um, 
And so I feel like with music and movies, if it's like, I, I guess they're still getting some residuals, but like, if I'm, I'm not, it's not like I'm actively supporting Bill Cosby continuing to arm people. I think he's in jail now. So I guess if you were to go back and watch the Cosby show, I don't know that that's like wrong for you to do because you aren't like you're supporting him doing that wrong thing. Um, or like if I go back and watch American Beauty or Seven, I mean, Kevin Spacey's not in jail. So maybe you are through the residuals helping him. I mean, you're just, you're supporting his income and uses that. So you're supporting his income and his legacy, I guess. And those are the things that which he uses or, you know, allegedly uses to prey upon people. Um, so maybe that would be bad. I know. What, what do you think? I think the way that I have justified this, and again, this could just be entirely self-serving. Um, I actually think the music example is the most heinous, so I might be in the wrong there. But in the case of, especially like, you know, Seven, uh, it's not Kevin Spacey's movie. It's a Pitt's movie. It's David Fincher's movie. It is, like, you can look at the credits for a movie, and there are hundreds of people that contribute to that movie. So I I don't think one person can spoil it. If, If every single person in that movie, it came out that they were abusing people, that could be problematic. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, actually, I think that's almost almost controversially problematic. I think if if if, if they were if they were come out with a story that like on set of seven, every single person was engaged in like yeah, like it was just a horrific some sort of cabal of evil going on. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would never watch that movie again. <laughs> um, and but yeah, I, I like that argument though. That's one person doesn't get to drag down the whole thing. What if it was like the director? What about like, yeah, what if it was someone who is more of like, a, like in theory, we can, we couldn't imagine someone else being that character in seven or even any of the characters in seven potentially. Like, and, and there, I guess there's some role, you know, role for the it, performance was so iconic. Basically like, you know, I, we couldn't imagine anyone else doing it. Maybe, but like when it comes to what the, I guess, yeah, to get pretentious about it, like auteur cinema where like the director is like, like, like Wes Anderson, no one else is making a Wes Anderson movie. And if it came out that like Wes Anderson, not that he is, uh, I don't think I've ever heard anything bad about Wes Anderson, but if he came out that Wes Anderson was like doing something <laughs> awful on the record. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not I'm saying anything. Like about the and cult. <laughs> don't, don't sue me, Wes Anderson. Uh, <laughs> but if it came out, that like Wes Anderson was was a horrible, abusive racist or something. Um, would could you and then like would you watch like a, a the Wes Anderson movie coming out in six months or whatever? Would you go to see that if you if that came out in the presses? Assuming that it didn't get canceled enough to where it got shut down. I think probably not, but I do think the the temporal component is important. Like you said, these these art pieces are connecting with us at a time when we think the people involved in it are good. So that is the point that's made the impact. And I feel like you can't you can't take that back. Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe you can. But I also, I'll bring this example and I I feel like I should have uh, like cited it better. But I was listening to a New York Times podcast and someone was saying that they are going back and watching the Cosby show with their children because the themes it presented were just so good that they're explaining to the, their children that, hey, Bill Cosby did horrible things. 
Um, and yet there is still value to be gleaned out of viewing this art. The show. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. Um, yeah, I don't hate that idea. Like engaging with it intelligently. In part, that seems like, yeah, you're just kind of teaching kids to engage with something in a certain way. That seems like really the message behind that there. Um, but yeah, that doesn't seem like a bad thing necessarily. I also, I do kind of struggle with the argument of that we are continuing to, to contribute to these people's wealth because so many of them are already just at fuck it levels of wealth. Like I'm sure there are counterexamples here, but mm -hmm. everyone could stop listening to Kanye West. And I mean, he seems to be blowing his own fortune, but he, he theoretically has enough money to live out his life in opulence. He'll be fine. <clears throat> So I, I kind of struggle with the idea that, you know, my three cents he's getting on Spotify for my streams matters, but you know, if, I guess if everyone has that argument, he's still making millions and millions of dollars. So yeah, that's kind of like, it, that just feels to me like, like, oh, my vote doesn't matter because it's just one of like, right. Yeah. Um, or, you know, whatever, but, um, yeah, that's like, I remember it was back in high school, Fudge used this example. Uh, at some point in time where he said he was like he's like yes he's like he said like yeah it's like the argument where like i'm not going to the party because no one's going to the party um like okay so that's eventually that just snowballs into the point like it's like i'm not gonna vote because like one vote doesn't matter but that snowballs and then i think feel like the same thing is true probably of your three cents on spotify but i don't know i mean i don't know enough about where that actual money goes and comes from and to really be able to say I guess another way you could approach this is maybe art in some way exists outside of pure financial capitalistic concerns. Hmm. Yeah. That's why, a good way. why is yeah. that the only way we're, we're talking about this? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Cause I mean, art I mean, is an industry, but it also ideally exists outside of that industry. Um, and I think there are probably a lot of people, there definitely are a lot of people who make art and would make art even outside of the financials that are there to be gained. Like, uh, you know, movie studios are all about the money, but I a lot of times the movie makers themselves are, you know, very much so about making art, you know, <laughs> or at least that's how they start off quite a few of them. Um, so yeah, that's a good point. Um, how do we feel? Yeah, I guess even outside of the monetary, well, part of it, I guess, is that an artist's like legacy and reputation is impacted by their art, and so, like, by glorifying the art, we're kind of glorifying the reputation of a person. And in the end, and maybe I guess, what, I guess the argument against that is what that these people don't deserve that that you know glorification because they're bad people outside of the art they make. Um, but it does feel like, like, like you were saying with that podcast about the Cosby show, you, there's a more nuanced take potentially to be had in which you just balance like, yeah, this, this was a terrible person and you should know that. Um, but they made this good thing here and the th good thing that they made is still a good thing. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's part of our tendency to want to simplify people's image into this person, good. This person, bad. 
Or yeah. It, so I was actually re-listening to the most recent episode of our podcast. Check it out, everybody. And you were saying <laughs> that, uh, you know, when it comes to people who are great at something, they're usually great at that thing. And in everything else, they are just that guy. Just a guy. Yeah. So, you know, it seems to me entirely feasible that Kanye West is one of the greatest rappers ever to live. Mm-hmm. And he's also, in most situations, that guy. And he's also, in some situations, a very shitty guy. True. And the yeah. thing is, yeah, people are as long as we have hold all of those things, like, so if it's the case that he's only ever remembered for being the greatest rapper ever, yeah, maybe that's a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, but if if people introduce their teenagers to Kanye West and say, here are some great albums, here's why he was also not a great person you want to emulate. So, you know, yeah, emulate his music production techniques and don't emulate his thoughts on Jews. <laughs> yeah, that reminds me. There's this, I remember I took a philosophy bar class in undergrad and at one point in time, we didn't watch the whole thing, but we watched a little clip of this movie and I, for the life of me, can't remember the name of it. I'm sure I could Google it and find it. But um, it's this movie that is like straight up, it's, it's Nazi propaganda. It's like, the, it's like a documentary of like a big Nazi rally um but it's pretty well known because it's just like extremely well made like the director who made it it's like it's a gorgeous film to look at and there's just like great shots of like planes flying through the sky and like it which all like the excellence of the art because it is intent it is propaganda um and so the excellence of the art improves the uh i guess efficacy of the profit propaganda so like it's better propaganda because it's better art and so in the philosophy cloud that 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 was the uh, basically the, the reason we watched this like but what what how do we feel about that which is, i understand is a different question than what we're talking about now um like it's not like honey's using his music to say that jews are bad um he's saying that outside of his music um and yeah so that is a different thing but it is does seem tied to like how does morality and aesthetic value where where they bump up against one another should they should one supersede the other or should yeah i guess is is it, yeah they seem related questions i don't know like so should we be able to watch this this movie that's nazi propaganda and be like well here here's the deal if we if can we can we take a nuanced approach to you be like this is propaganda that's that promotes evil and hatred and da 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 da. Um, but look how beautiful, look how pretty it is. Um, can we? Is that okay? Is that an okay take to have? Well, I, I think it's okay if, if you're interested in film and cinema to say, here are the merits of how this film was created. Yeah, but we can unambiguously say this piece of art is probably a horrible thing to exist. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I agree with that. I um. And by that. So kind of taking it back, we strayed a little bit. Oh yeah. From AI. Like, <laughs> and, like I'm really trying to think if, so here's a thought that popped into my head. We say uh, an actor's performance or an actress's performance was great if they get lost in the character. So if I'm watching Oppenheimer and I don't see Cillian Murphy, but I see Robert J. Oppenheimer and I don't see Robert Downey Jr. I see Louis Strauss. That means that the actors have succeeded in their job. But weirdly, it would actually be easier if I didn't know who the actors were. Like if the AI were able to just come up with completely fictitious 
renderings of Oppenheimer and of Strauss and present those to me, the movie might actually be more effective. Yes and no. Um, so I think sometimes like the knowing who the character, who the actor or character is, it does contribute to the performance. Like it, let's look at the other one, Barbie, Margot Robbie. Like, I don't know if, if I didn't know who she was in advance, I mean, A, there's that one like joke in the movie where they specifically call out her by name. Um, but like, I almost feel like my awareness of her outside the movie makes her better at being Barbie. Or at, maybe that's maybe that actually may be more true of Ryan Gosling as Ken. Um, but and I could be wrong about that. But um, but I think there probably are instances when our awareness of who someone is adds to the performance, or like especially when someone plays something that's like against type. Um, like if they're if they're normally like when you watch, I remember when I went back when I watched you watched uh, Once Upon a Time in the West. Um, Henry Fonda is the villain and Henry Fonda was like always playing good guys back then so like it would have been very jarring for audiences to see Henry Fonda as this like just out, out, despicable no with, villain with no redeeming qualities um, and so that, that jarring was intentional in the casting um, that was part of the like that was what they were going for um, by casting this guy who's always this like you know good good dude he's always the hero of the story or whatever um so i think that that the knowledge can can improve and so the idea is i guess if, if ai was to generate someone totally new yeah that could work probably for some stories um and for certain roles but not for every story but i guess that but that doesn't get the answer to the, the basic question of does that mean that a story where it worked would be good or bad um so i don't know I think we might be at, at different layers of abstraction there of, yeah, you know, there, there's value in seeing someone act really well. That is yes. oftentimes a fun thing to watch, but there's also value in effectively communicating uh, a narrative story. So, you know, you can take the example that came to mind was really anything in animation. Like you are seeing people that do not exist. They sure they're voiced by real people, though there could be debate as to whether or not that's essential. But you're seeing people that, by definition, don't exist. And I think in the most well-done animated pieces, the recent Spider-Verse example, you, yeah, you still connect with them perfectly well. Yeah, you can even have movies, like you, we can imagine an, an animated silent film, so there's no voice actors at all. It's nothing but animation, and that could still be moving. Like the, um, the Triplets of Belleville, is, there is dialogue, but very, very little. Um, it's animated. Have you seen that, Ben? I many many years ago I have seen it, okay. but like, it, I mean, so it's not like I mean, it's it's not like a heavy emotional movie. It's mostly a comedy, um, but it's it is compelling in spite of being animated and having almost no dialogue. Um, part of I think what we're interested there though is that like we know it's part of what we're appreciating is the demonstration of talent um, when it comes to art. Also, like we're we're appreciating the like craftsmanship and the the talent it took to make this thing like not everyone can do it and that's part of what makes it special um it's kind of like like when you go just be like we are cinephiles quote unquote so we appreciate those things but i don't think your standard audience member is necessarily thinking like wow this is such a well-directed movie like shit 
they're thinking, I'm enjoying seeing the images that are coming across my eyes. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess that's, yeah, because you can, I think you can, especially when it comes to movies, there's, there's like an entertainment value and there's like a separate aesthetic value. Um, and so some people are just looking to be entertained. And sometimes that's all I'm looking for is to be entertained. Um, and sometimes I want to be aesthetically moved. But you're almost making the assumption there that in order to be aesthetically moved, it had to come from a person. Or at least that's that's sort of the implied assumption of your argument. Yeah, that is implied there. Um, it may just be that it's like... We have an easier time, or it's... Hmm, good question. I don't know. It may be that... It's easier to be aesthetically moved. And they get back to what you're first saying. If you feel like it's a person communicating something about their experience to you, there's something about that knowledge that seems valuable. That might be, at least in my own case, in, in not all cases, but in some cases, I don't know if that holds. Like if I go to, for example, an art museum and I'm just walking around looking at pieces of art, I don't usually read the little blurb they have about the artist and try to figure out who this person was, what they, what are they trying to communicate? I just look at the picture and if it moves me, it moves me. If it doesn't, I move on. Yeah. Okay. Let's, yeah, let's think about paintings then. So, I mean, a painting, sometimes a painting is emotionally moving. Well, I guess quite often they can be emotionally moving, but Part of what we're getting moved by there is, I think, sometimes just the look of it, like the the raw aesthetic look. So, like, I guess the patterns and the geometric arrangements of things. Like, that's why, like, abstract art can be interesting. Um, sometimes just because it's pleasantly arranged. Like, it's just nice to look at. Um, and sometimes, it's like, I think it's... Like, there's plenty of art that is, like, ha highly emotional by its design. Um, I think painting-wise. Um, like, there's... Like you can, you can imagine like, like there, what's that one with the, like the people sitting in the diner? Um, I think it's Edward Hopper, uh, Nighthawks. I want to say is what it's called. Um, or something like that, but it's, it's just like people sitting in a diner and like it conveys like a, like a certain scene of this like late night, sort of almost like loneliness, um, in the painting. And so that one's got this like almost, yeah, almost like a narrative that's being conveyed through this image. Um, but I, I almost think all of that is what you are projecting onto that painting. Sure, it is very conducive at getting people to do that, but ultimately that has to come from you. And if that was just an AI-generated thing that produced that image, or in the more extreme example, I'm not sure if this was on the reported section, if you could take a pill that elicited that emotion in you, mm -hmm. I think they might be the same thing. It is. Do you think that's true of, of like movies too? That you you're the one bringing the uh, the emotional impact to it, and it's just good at eliciting that reaction. I almost feel like because of the way movies are structured, they are long form. They are often narrative. They are doing more of the work there. 
So to take well to take the most extreme example, I think in the Barbie movie, they told me in America Ferrera's monologue how I should feel and what message I should take away. That's true. Now you could say that was an ineffective way to convey the message, but often movies, that is what they're able to do. And that may just be the nature of longer form content that because the movie is providing so much more, I don't have to fill in as many gaps. But do you think that you're still filling some gaps? You're still bringing something there? Like, so let's look, if we look back at like the, the painting example, let's, let's think about that, that, that painting of the people in the diner and compare that to an abstract painting. I think both of them in theory could, could elicit the same sort of, you know, maybe a sense of loneliness or, or, you know, whatever feeling you bring to that painting. And the idea being that like, but you might have to work harder. You have to bring maybe more to it, the abstract painting than for the one that kind of presents a scene that more strongly suggests it. And then we could say that maybe a film is just an even more ex extreme example, farther down the spectrum of, of you have to bring even less because the film provides even more of the context, but you're still providing yeah. something potentially. Stand that. Okay. So then this may be, this is probably a totally different question than what we were originally getting to, but do we think with all art, it's the viewer ultimately who is bringing something to it. They're the one who's, who is doing the action of, it's not that they're being made to feel, it's that they're bringing feeling and just some things are more structured to make it easier to bring them out. Yes. I think that is almost tautological and that, that people have different experiences with art. Like hmm. because we're, we're still recent, there are people who found Oppenheimer fucking boring and felt nothing from it. And then there are people, myself included, who were just like, fundamentally moved by it. Um, and we were looking at the exact same film. Yeah. Of So then we're the real artists here. I'm watching, watching it. Step aside, Nolan. I'm doing the real work. Um, <laughs> oh man. Uh, that, well, that doesn't all that doesn't feel great because art. There's yeah. no objective good art. I guess this. Hmm. Like, is art just populist opinion of the masses is what determines an art's value? Yeah, I mean, that's not an incontroversial opinion, I think, the idea that art is, is basically subjective. Um, but well, I guess that would then, you know, if we present AI-generated movie to the population and the majority say it's good. People are moved by it, yeah. Damn it, so do we have to give it a try then? Well, and how do we feel about the idea that, like, if we gave it a try and it was wildly successful... That it would launch, it wouldn't, yeah, I'm sure it wouldn't entirely, but would largely strip away the industry as we know it. Like, like, look at the right, the strike going on now. Um, are we, have, have we switched sides then, Ben? Are we saying that, that we instead they ought to be able to try AI arts? Because what if we get good? Whoa, 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 whoa. Slow down, Michael. <laughs> Podcasts are not admissible in the court of public opinion. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess it was like, it's weirdly. Like I, I want to just bring this up before I forget. This weirdly parallels our discussion about the experience machine. Of, and yeah, it does. So to remind everybody, I think I was the only one that came down pro experience machine. Um, everyone else, they were talking about this. There's some 
I don't know. Were we recording for that? I don't think we were. I don't think we were. Um, I think the consensus, again, I think to everyone but me, was that there's some ineffable transcendent quality to reality that would be fundamentally lost in the experience machine. Yeah, and I was going to say, I think I actually do agree with that here also. Like, the idea that if if I watched a movie and was deeply moved by it and then found out it was AI, that would color my perception of the movie in, like, a slightly negative light. Um, sure, um, but if you never found out, if it became your favorite movie for your entire existence and you never found out that it was AI. Yeah, then, I mean, I would have the same opinion about it. But, like, I think if a human person made made... If, if a human person and AI, I don't know, so I made exactly the same movie, I would value the one made by a human person more. Or, or yeah, or if I found out a movie was made by AI, that's going to color it in a similar way to that, like, finding out that, like, Bill Cosby was terrible the whole time colors from your opinion of the Cosby show. Like, it would have been better. And, yeah, and if you never knew that Bill Cosby was terrible, you could watch the Cosby show, and you would probably have a better perception of an experience with the Cosby show than if, than once you do found that, find out that Bill Cosby was horrible the whole time um but is it useful then again to make that distinction between a technical appreciation of something and an actual i don't know is aesthetic the right word here like like how it affects you at that deeper level yeah and, well i'm not saying that like all of a sudden if i found out a movie was made by ai like i would hate the movie i think i would still probably very much enjoy them um well, I think you would lose you would lose all appreciation or almost all appreciation for the technical side of it, because no one was demonstrating technical prowess, and AI was. No, that's. I don't think that that's true. I think, um, in the same way that, like, I don't know. Ooh, this is actually a, an interesting term here because I was going to say, in the same way that, like, I can gr- get great. I find great beauty in like a sunset, um, and I can find great beauty in a painting of a sunset. But it's a different thing that I'm getting from each because one of like they, one of them is also like a technical mastery that's being presented, and the other one is just like happens to happen. <laughs> uh, it's just a, like a fact of the way the world works out in this way. And that's kind of the way AI works. Like it's like we made a thing that then just happened to work out this way and pr- produce this thing. I think you would be fascinated by the fascinated. AI yes. You'd be like, wow, it's so weird that we can amalgamate human uh, creation and through math and bits come out with something so incredible. But I don't think you would be... The words here are just all getting mixed up. You wouldn't have the appreciation for the technical component of it. You'd be like, wow, math is weird that this can just happen. Yeah, like... I. uh like yeah i would like probably uh not approve of an ai winning like the oscar for best cinematography um i would not approve of that i think you're i think so i think you're kind of right there um hmm. kind of like how like when you see like a robot that can like perfectly shoot a basketball or something like that. Like it's not as impressive as a human person who can perfectly shoot a basketball. Right. Well, um, it's neat. Yeah, like, oh cool. Um, but like I wouldn't go to like a, a robot 
basketball game that was all robots. I wouldn't do that. I mean, I would as a novelty, but like, but I wouldn't. <laughs> but, but I can't realistically imagine anyone following like the robotic basketball league. Like that's maybe some people, but like not to nearly. It's just not nearly as interesting. Don't. I, I almost don't want to bring up this example because I don't know a whole lot about it. But is it that kind of one of the draws of F1 is sure people love the the human component and the the drama of following the drivers, but it's fundamentally it's a display of engineering prowess. It is who can build the best car. I don't know. I don't know anything about F1 really. Um, I can imagine that being true. Um, but like that's why races as they are are more like like a i don't know i guess a, like a, a road race is much more interesting than like a drag race um because there's the skill component plays into it so much more i think you know like like a drag race by that it's like which car is stronger and faster and you know maybe there's like a person shifting gears or something but you're just driving in a straight line you're pressing the gas pedal um uh, like, uh whereas with a road race, there is, you know, there's, I guess there's like the drafting behind other cars and there's taking turns and, and angles. And I mean, again, I don't really know anything about racing, but, um, but like, obviously the power of the machinery is a huge factor, but there's still a, there's still a skill to using that machinery. That's at play. Well, I'm trying to think like if there was a, a world cup robot soccer like you know the the top academic institution from every country was the one creating the robots that would play i almost think i would yeah. find that compelling for the same reason that i know someone's prowess is being demonstrated but that yeah that's why if it was that's not um it's because it, then it's just a robotics competition not a soccer competition okay it's like, yeah. here's the tasks that we're going to give the robot who can, then that, that task just happens to be soccer and who can build the best robot at doing that task. That's what the competition you're watching. Um, not a soccer competition. Really. Whereas like with, with a, with the actual world cup, it's who is the best at soccer. Yeah. Okay. So I guess if we're taking that back to art, then we can imagine, yeah, maybe we can imagine a, a robo Oscars where it's like who made, who designed the best AI at making moving art. But like, it would be very weird to have them compete against human Oscars, like the like human made films. Like, I feel like you would have to have a totally separate system there. Or am I off base on that? What do you think? I'm kind of with you. I, I don't think I can be so wrong here. I don't know if the public writ large would take to AI generated art, at least at a, at the level of quote unquote cinema. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't like, think there would be a cinephile community of AI movies. Yeah. I'm trying to imagine like, what if there was a scandal where like, um, like some movie won the screenplay, won won the Oscar for like best screenplay, and then it came out later that it was an AI generated screenplay. Um, how would we feel about that? Would we be like, well, the script is still just as good; it's still better than all the other ones that came out that year. Um, but 
it wasn't a person who wrote it. How, like, how do we, what, what do you think our reaction? I think our reaction would be negative. I'm just not sure if that would be an actually justified reaction. Well, I, I do almost think at least as it currently stands, there is just an implicit assumption that we are rating human capacity at award shows. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're so awarding almost, human achievements. Yeah. It's more that we're being lied to as an audience that the, the premise that we were presented wasn't actually real. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. And for some reason, I don't know why it feels different, but like an AI award for writing feels different than an AI award for like cinematography. Like, I, like what, what was the one that the AI that made images? Um, Dolly. Dolly. Yeah. Like, uh, for whatever reason that feels different in my head than the AI that like maybe is writing, you know, the Seinfeld episode or whatever. Um, like not that, like they're both, they're both computers making the thing, but the, images i don't know i guess there's to my in my mind there's a difference between making a story and making a picture i don't know what the main difference is there and that's probably true for human people too i think like they're doing something they're both art but they're fundamentally different kinds of art i think and move cinema just happens to be a medium in which you use the images to to display it that you know to help communicate a story but, but I think like there's a reason cinematography and script writing are separate awards. Um, like yes, they, they impact the overall picture, but um, or movie, you know. But they but they are doing different things. Like you could have a you could have a movie with with terrible writing but fantastic cinematography. Um, I completely agree with you, but I'm not totally sure what you're. Okay. I don't know where I'm going with this either, actually. And now that I, now that we're there, um, that's, um, sometimes I start a sentence and I have no idea where it's, and I don't know where it's going. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, uh, this is sort of the thing, like I, again, would just love to see an AI movie or the novelty of it. And then. Maybe it's because it's, we can't know what that would be like. I don't know for sure what my reaction would be to a moving piece of AI art without having ever seen it. That's fair. Like, or like, what if, um, this is a, a different question. What if like, uh, a movie, I don't even know if I can really articulate this well. I'm trying to think of it in a way that's plausible. Um, I was say like, what if like a really moving movie came out about like, like a really moving like love story or something came out and you find out it was written by like a 12 year old kid who's like barely into puberty and read there's no way they this, this kid like this kid's never been in love not really and like um and like it just but but they wrote this incredible movie about like what love is like and they just happened to kind of get it right um would that impact our opinion like again i don't know if like like like, like just trying to think of an example of something like that that's plausible, but that's I don't know. I'm thinking like I would love to take this example, but any any contemporary movie made about slavery, none of the people involved were slaves, and yet they can still very easily articulate 
the the themes around the the atrocities of slavery like that doesn't rob it of its impact yeah yeah or like um yeah i was gonna say i was gonna, I was gonna say well yeah but neither of the audience has ever been a slave either so they're just they're communicating something they never they we're all we all have ideas about it but like for instance spielberg made same private ryan and like the beach scene uh the storming of normandy beach was apparently so realistic that like that with veterans who were actually there and saw it were like yeah that's exactly what it was like they're like there were people who said like the only thing that's missing is like the smell uh, <laughs> uh which is horrific um but so yeah, spielberg who had never been to war was able to just pick to that well and we don't fault them for that if anything it's a it's a you know a feather in his cap yeah i don't think we we have any expectation that an artist can only depict things they have actually been through yeah yeah because that would that was so validate all historical fiction and where does that take then the idea that we almost started with or at least that i was kind of starting with that that what an artist is doing is conveying something from their particular personal experience to another person like what does spielberg convey it's not his personal experience he's conveying something very moving but i guess part of what he's conveying is like the universality of the feeling of like sacrifice and and companionship and loss um and fear and that all those things are he has personally experienced probably and is communicating those things and those are the things that we connect with ultimately that are moving in that movie it's just through the vehicle of the Normandy storming and this World War II story. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's kind of what I was getting at of, you know, beyond just the technical level of watching someone act really well, it could be argued that it would be equally as compelling, again, just to see perfect digital renderings of Oppenheimer, Louis Strauss, of the soldiers yeah. of the yeah, like I guess yeah, yeah. If we could get past, if it was made well enough to t- pass the uncanny valley thing, then I can very easily imagine it being moving. Yeah, I do still see. I guess I do still think there's something kind of ineffable there about knowing it's made by a person. If I never knew, I can imagine they wouldn't bother me, um, and it would be a perfectly moving thing. But I think if I know, it's going to impact it to a certain extent. Like I'll know that like uh, the machine that wrote that movie has never experienced loss or sacrifice or love or any of those you know deep human things. I mean, if someday we get to that hypothetical science fiction thing where like a, an AI is truly sentient and feels things, and that's a different story, I guess. But the AI as we know it right now, it's just such like a complicated program. Well, I think I would. I'm sure that still holds because. I don't know all of Steven Spielberg's life, but I doubt he's experienced anything close to the emotions one would experience during D-Day. And yet you don't fault him for depicting it. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, was he ever even in the military? Like, No, I've heard an interview with him where like, he had his dad was... And his dad would have buddies come over who would like mm. talk about the war a lot. But, you know, but that's it's one of those things I guess we like. I mean, I, I'm not in the military and I've never, you know, whatever. Yeah, I see either you. But um, I feel like I've read that's one of those things that like 
you do have to have experienced it to know what it's like. Um, there's no, ultimately there's no communicating it to someone who hasn't experienced it firsthand. Um, and yet for the people who do know what that's like, they, they, at least from there, they said that Steven Spielberg was able to communicate it well. And that does seem to be a positive mark, um, on it. And maybe then that's what, what I'm being impressed by is, yeah, his technical prowess of being able to communicate that in spite of having not experienced it, rather than the communication of something ineffable from one person to another. Well, but, but you're still experiencing all of those things that you're supposed to be experiencing. Like, are you not moved by that scene? At- no, of course, yeah. But I guess the question is, am, am I moved the same way a veteran is moved? We're both moved, but are we moved in the same way? I don't know. Uh, well, I think you, you're moved in different ways, but I think you would be moved in similarly different ways if it was an AI scene of the D-Day Normandy. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Fuck. So I think... I'll just be less impressed if it's an AI, I guess. Yeah, and I think that's kind of what we talked about. Is you would lose that yeah. technical appreciation, but AIs can then, in theory, make good art. Though, yeah, I mean, might make worthwhile art. Yeah. yeah, they can make. It can probably make moving art. I think is where we're what we've reached. Is it worthwhile to let them make that art? So this is sort of going to segue into my next topic, which was what is even the value of work for human beings? Thanks for coming to Philosophy Club. This episode was produced and edited, and its music was created by our super talented friend, Sam Roller. 